no playbook for this. There was no business book that told you how to deal with, with something like this. We had to make very difficult decisions as a senior management team. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, maybe it's ego, but I probably took COVID as a personal challenge. That you know, I'm not going to let this stop me. Hello there and welcome to the Switched On podcast with Domain Electrical, chatting to some of the leaders in the electrical field, finding out how they got there and what they think may be next for the industry. We're also chatting with manufacturers and suppliers from around Europe about which products are going to make our lives and jobs easier this year. I'm your host, Dusty Rhodes. Coming up on this episode, we'll be chatting to Den UK, the lighting and surge protection specialist. But first, let's go to a company who have been the leading electrical wholesaler in the northeast with locations in Drogheda, Navan, Newbridge and Nace. Their success has been built on outstanding service to the electrical business in Ireland. And next year, they'll be celebrating an incredible 50 years in the business. They are Wesco Electrical and leading the team there is General Manager Niall Curran. How are you doing, Niall? I'm good, Dusty. How are you? Yeah, grand, grand, grand. Rocking along, rocking along. Listen, um, you're far too young to have been around since the start of, of, of Wesco. What, what do you know? What have you heard in ancient lore around the Hill of Tara about Wesco and how it started? I might be young enough, but I have a fair idea of the history of the business anyway. As you, as you rightly said, we, were, uh, we started in 1972 in the Fair Green in Drogheda by Jimmy Owens and the late Desi Healy. And in 1973, we had to move to our current location on the Nor Road now, which will be our head office. And then over the years, through success and expanding customer base, we have opened up branches in Navin, Newbridge and Nace to where we are today with four branches serving the Northeast, but also serving customers all over the country on a daily basis as well. And how many people are you looking after? In terms of staff, we have mid-50 at the moment. Thankfully, we've been growing quite strongly over the last number of years. But also as a business, we're going through a period of change at the moment in terms of a lot of retirements within the business and um, we have a lot of staff that have been with us 20 30 40 years and and it's fantastic to have such a depth of knowledge within the business problem is when a number of people go to retire at the same time there's a lot of expert knowledge within the business that can be leaving at one time so one of the biggest challenges i face personally since i came into the business in 2019 has been to manage that change and integrate new talent um, and grow new talent within the business as well because not only are we Losing staff, as I said, through natural retirement, but also looking to grow the business as well, which requires additional staff on top of that. Tell me more about the company Wesco then. What uh, do you guys specialise in? Well, as an electrical wholesaler, I, I don't like to pigeonhole us in being a specialist in any one area. We are very strong across commercial, industrial, security, domestic. We probably would be seen as more of a domestic wholesaler in perception of a lot of people out in the marketplace. I was quite surprised to meet with a number of potential customers when I first joined and and to get their kind of feedback on what their perception of our business was. And it, it was quite an eye-opener for them for me to kind of explain that the level of business that we do, uh, the areas of business that we are in uh, and the, the scope of, of the services that we do offer to the market. Well, explain to me then what it is that you do do that people normally don't perceive. From Wesco's perspective, we would be quite strong in industrial business. At the moment, we're, we're heavily involved in a lot of big, big projects that are going on, the likes of Dublin, data centres, big industry, obviously residential buildings, stuff like that as well. So people don't see everything that goes on or the services that we offer until they start dealing with us. And then they realise that our level of service, our product offering, our pricing, all the things that you want to offer a customer, it's there. 
And it's a pleasant surprise, if anything else. I, I, I prefer to um, under-promise and over-deliver. So listen, um, tell me about your own background, Nile, because companies are built on, I mean, Wesco has been around for 50 years. And, you know, I think service and quality is definitely part of the reputation with the company. You have a background in quality assurance yourself. That's kind of where you started off. Tell me about that. Actually, I, I would have really started off working for Wesco when I was about maybe 25 years ago when I was very young, back when you could work at that age. Uh, my father at the time would have been working for Wesco as the general manager at the time before moving on to become managing director. And at, at that age, when I was young and in school, it was a summer job for me. So it would have been a combination of, look, here's a job. You can come in and earn a few punts every week. And also because of the position that he had, I probably would have looked at it as that's a potential career path in the future. But to be honest, at that age, a job is a job and you, you do what you're told. So I would have worked in Wesco for a number of years in the summers and at weekends, all the way up until I would have gone to college. So I went to college in DCU, got my degree in electronic engineering. And um, more recently, I've done my master's in UCD, some other business school. But at the time when I finished college, I would have gone working for Intel as an engineer. I spent a couple of years with Intel in the yield department as a quality control engineer, which has instilled a real kind of focus in me throughout my career on, on quality. Um, but the way I worked and, and the role that I had in the process meant that I was very process orientated and I was in charge of early stages of the manufacturing process of silicon chips, which meant that it gave you great insight into problems early can can be compounded by, by by the end of line. So it just gives me a focus on everything I do on a daily basis that, you know, do it right and do it right the first time and it'll be it'll be much better in the long run. You mentioned that you had been working with Wesco uh, when you were younger, kind of as a, a summer job. There must have been something about working in the company that attracted you because you decided to leave Intel and go back into the electrical industry. I think one of the key things in the role in Intel would have been is very data orientated. So a lot of it was, we, we used to joke that we were spreadsheet engineers more than anything else. But the key message there was when when we were trying to work on something like statistical process control and set up uh, parameters for each layer in terms of failure rates, it was always important to understand the bigger picture. So, you know, you can look at the data on the page and make, it, make a decision based on that. But you really need to get a focus and understanding on, on why and not just the result, uh, because often the case, it, it could be a one-off event and, and it skews the data. So, you know, any decision I make at work or something happens, I always try and get the, the why behind it before, you know, making a decision just on the information at hand, because the data on the page isn't always 100% accurate. Now, a lot of people would see Ireland and the UK as being very similar. How do you say that they are different? It's a hard thing to articulate, but just kind of roots to market, the way suppliers interact with customers, Things like that are, are, are slightly different. I, I'm probably not going to go into too many specifics. But again, going back to kind of what I spoke about earlier, it's kind of that kind of touch and feel. It just it, it just is kind of different. Very different from, say, Europe, where from a wholesaler perspective, in Europe, you would have a lot of electrical contractors that would be very brand loyal or to be very loyal to the wholesaler. And it's, you know, we use this brand and that's it. I don't want to use anything else where... Over here, Irish people would be a lot more, you know, it's in our nature, a lot more inquisitive and we'll be a bit more sceptical and and also look to find better products all the time and not just relax into this is one product I've always been using and I'll continue using it. 
So it's a lot more uh, competitive. So tell me, after uh, leaving there, then you kind of, I'm, I'm going to say you came home, <laughs> even though it's twee and cheesy, but you're back in the door at Wesco. How, how did that happen? I suppose uh, 12 years into my role in Fijim, I was, I felt it was time for me to move on from that role. Um, I probably stayed in it longer than I should have from a personal point of view, but I was learning every day. And once I'm learning, I'm, I'm relatively happy. I had a couple of opportunities to leave the industry, but the Wesco opportunity was muted. And again, I thought long and hard about it. My father was retiring. The owner of the business as well would, would be retiring and the son and daughter, David and Anne would be taken over as well. And the role would be me to come in and basically take over my father's duties and, and become general manager. And because because of that, there's challenges uh, at every level on that, you know, you're always going to have that. It's you only got the job because of your father's son kind of hanging over you. And, but I relish that. It kind of puts a bit of a chip on my shoulder and it makes me work harder to prove I deserve this role. And I, I do think it's a, it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. And I came in with a personal plan, maybe a five-year plan myself, for my own personal development and a five-year plan for the company. And if a couple of months into the the, the role of COVID hit and everything <laughs> accelerated. Can you tell me one thing that you had in your mind that you wanted to put your own stamp on and to improve the company and to bring it a new direction uh, that you have put in place that has worked? One of the best parts of a company like Wesco is it, it's such a successful company. So I came in with a very strong foundation for me to work from. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So I, I'm a big believer in incremental change continue doing what we're doing right and look for new opportunities and just look at doing a couple of things differently. And one of the things was just getting our name out there a bit more, doing a bit more marketing, reaching out to a number of customers that maybe would have dealt with us in the past and might have moved away from us and, and bring them back to us. And we've been successful with that, but also try and diversify our business as well. I'm, I'm big on mitigating the risk that we don't have all our eggs in one basket and and fairness wesco was always was always like that i haven't reinvented the wheel there Andy, but i have looked for certain opportunities and and been a bit more laser focused on where we want to go and tackle those heads on and, and thankfully we've, we've been quite successful with that and and despite the impact that COVID's had on the economy and our industry we've been quite successful but at the end of the day the success of the company is built on the strength of the staff that we have and we, we do have fantastic staff I did touch on earlier that you know, we're losing staff just through natural retirement, but we, we we do really have good staff and a lot of experience, and 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 that's the key to our success over the last well forty nine years. To be perfectly frank, despite having such a a rich heritage and such a strong place in the marketplace with uh, Wesco, COVID arrived. <laughs> that just hits every. How did it hit you? It it was yeah. COVID hit everyone. Hit every industry. We're, we're looking at pretty much a year to the day that as our, our business, the same as every other wholesaler, most businesses in the country, we had to pull our shutters and operate behind closed doors for the first time in our history. There was no playbook for this. There was no business book that told you how to deal with, with something like this. It, it was a black swan event. And all of a sudden, um, we had to make very difficult decisions as a senior management team. 
we had to make decisions that was best for the company. But one of the things I liked about Wesco was every decision we made was what was best for our staff as well. You know, that's something that really was important to all of us. So we kept going. Um, personally, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's ego, but I probably took COVID as a personal challenge. That, you know, I'm not going to let this stop me. And I, I just worked harder and you no know, different to most other people out there within our industry. We found ways to adapt. So we had to, we had to make changes pretty quickly to ensure the safety of our staff. We invested quite heavily, quite early in Perspex screens, probably before a lot of people had done it. You know, fundamentally, the safety of our staff was the primary concern. But secondly, we wanted to do everything that we could to keep our business open. And, uh, you know, through the first lockdown, we were behind closed doors and things picked up uh, as an essential service provider. You know, the first couple of weeks were quite rough. April last year was quite rough. But from May onwards, it started to to kind of improve. And then and then I think the one thing that nobody really expected and nobody could have foreseen then was the speed at which the recovery happened last year, which I think it was, it was brilliant, uh, but it brought its own challenges within itself in terms of just continuity, supply, stock availability, uh, and so on and so forth. It, COVID happened, we adapted and we moved on. And, and I'm a firm believer that we, we've come out stronger on, on the other side. At every challenge like this is an opportunity to learn. Um, you know, we would have spoken to to other wholesalers within the group as well. Outside that, I think you, you speak to other industries as well to see what people are doing, to try and make sure that what you're doing is the best for your business. And and thankfully, we were in a very strong position coming to the end of the year. And, and, and now we faced another lockdown again for the first quarter of this year so. But the thing about it was when, when it happened this time around, this time there was a playbook for how we'd operate and, and we were much better prepared and it was much more seamless tran- transition this time around. I think one of the other big changes we've seen over the past year with COVID is that uh, people who weren't already active online or more digitally active have been pushed into it. How has that changed things with uh, Wesco? I suppose necessity is the motor of invention. So we would have had a, an, an online presence at the time. It was more something that we were building towards. We weren't really pushing it too much, but COVID naturally kind of helped push that as everyone moved online. Um, look, at it, it's, it's part of the future. We're not where we want to be with it. Um, I do believe that the Irish electrical wholesale market is behind on our digital online presence. I don't believe we will get to the same levels as we see in Europe in terms of user interaction with with online web shops just because of the nature of the way Irish contractors do business. But that said, we have a whole new generation of contractors coming through. They're a lot more technically savvy. They're a lot more in tune with technology and they will probably want to do things differently. And it's up to us as wholesalers to embrace that change and find a solution that works best for our customers because if we don't, they will just go with wherever that solution is provided. Where do you think that change is going to go? Do you think contractors will ever get to a stage where they just buy everything they need online? It's hard to know. I'd never say never, but I, I do believe like Irish people are, we do like doing business with people. We do like negotiating. We do like ringing up someone and say, come on, you give me a better price than that. And I can't believe you're trying to rob me with that price. So, you know, you lose that when, when it's done online, like that's the price and there it is. Also, it's very hard to order something online and put the demands on on the wholesaler in terms of service and delivery that you can over the phone or face to face at the trade counter. So, you know, there, there, there will be a place for it, but I, I don't see it really kind of kicking off in the next five years, like like it has in, in other countries around Europe. 
Um, but again, in those countries, it's not just the electrical wholesale that's quite digital. It's, it's the, the whole economy is a lot more digital than, than we will be here in Ireland. And you said one of the things that you wanted to do with the company was to just get involved more with digital marketing and, and advertising. What has worked for you in the, in the digital marketing phase? It's quite difficult to, to kind of gauge a return on, on your investment there, but we do see much bigger footfalls at our trade counter from people that we never saw before. And I suppose in this instance, I'm talking more about the general public rather than contractors, but the inquiries are coming in. We do try and get the message out there that we do certain products and all of a sudden the inquiries do start coming in from contractors around the country and afar. So it has been noticeable but again i'm i'm pretty data driven but I, I don't have the analytics to really back up what i want but you know we've teamed up with a few people and we're, we're working away behind the scenes to, to kind of keep pushing forward so listen Niall, uh, last question for you when you were a teenager and it was just a summer job did you ever kind of look up to that ivory tower that your dad was sitting in <laughs> going one day it'll all be mine <laughs> I'm sure you probably didn't, but the um, question is, is that you, you're at the top now, all right, uh, and congratulations on your success. If you were to talk to a younger you, what advice would you give yourself to maybe move up the ladder, ladder a little faster? I suppose maybe if I go back 20 years, uh, what advice would I give to 18-year-old Niall? 18-year-old Niall was enjoying his first year in university, so I don't know how much of the advice he'd actually remember, but... I'd probably break it down into into two categories. One on a personal level, I would say um, don't procrastinate. Seize opportunities when they present themselves because nobody knows what's around the corner. I think that's very important for people because in life, forget business for a moment, but in life, you just don't know what's what the future holds for you. And, and when opportunities present themselves, you, sh- you should take them. From a business point of view, I would probably tell myself to... Embrace every challenge as an opportunity to learn. Um, it's not failure if you've learned something from it. And, and, and always do something that you're not quite ready for, as that's the only way you're going to grow and develop. Um, I probably stayed too long in the previous role. Uh, I was too long in, a com- in my comfort zone. And I, I, to be honest, that's a mistake I won't make a second time. Niall Curran, GM of Wesco Electrical, thank you so much for sharing with us. A pleasure, Dossie. Appreciate it. Our Switched On series of podcasts is being brought to you by Domain Electrical, the leading independent Irish-owned supplier, importer and distributor of industrial electrical components in the country. Domain have been in business for more than 40 years and that long success has been built not only on embracing innovation but also looking after and listening to their staff along with excellent relationships with their extensive network of customers and partner suppliers. Uh, Bottom line is that when you call Domain, your sales contact there actually knows about the product and can suggest the right solution for any problem that you're trying to solve. If you're looking to deal with professionals who know their products and work at a high level, do contact Domain. Their website address is domain.ie or just use the link in the show notes, which you'll find on the phone app or website you're using to listen to us today. Robin Earl is a market development manager for DEN UK, the lighting and surge protection specialist. Robin has over 20 years experience in the field and serves on a number of committees for British wiring regulations. However, he started out as an apprentice in his father and his grandfather's electrical engineering business in East Sussex. So, Robin, I'm thinking that's your grandfather, your father, yourself. 
Are any of the kids going to make it fourth generation? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've decided to go into teaching, actually. Both of them, yes. One is teaching physics, the other's doing English literature, believe it or not. Ah, yeah. well, there's a connection there with uh, with physics, isn't there? Yes, That's good. Yeah. Listen, tell me about the, the company, Den UK. What is it you guys do? Uh, it, it's a German company, but um, we've got offices all around the world. We, we, we're very niche. We do uh, lightning protection and we do surge protection. So anything to do with lightning bolts coming out the sky, we do the stuff that goes on the roof, which I'm sure people will be familiar with, a bit of copper tape and sort of stuff you might see on the church or something. And the surge protection is going into, say, your consume unit or distribution pods, and that's Stop stuff going bang inside. So the, the two go together in effect. You can't now have one without the other. Yeah, you have the copper tape on the roof to protect the building and the SPDs protect the electronics which is inside. Now, one of the things that is on our radar at uh, Domain this year with you is the new Type 2 surge protection device. Um, can you tell me what new technology that encompasses? Yeah, sure. Uh, there's this new technology called ACI, which is um, advanced circuit interruption. And the reason for this is that the wiring regulations, the IS10101, has changed. It changed last year. It's now um, the book to follow, and surge protection is a huge part of the new changes. So this ACI enables the panel builder or the contractor, installer, designer to meet these uh, requirements because they're actually really quite strict. Uh, when we look at the regulations, they uh, flash this um, target value of 2.5 kV. So no part of the installation can see more than that. Otherwise, everything's going to go bang. And f- it previously, it's been really difficult to achieve this value because of the technology which has currently been available. Now we've brought this out, it compresses all of the requirements of the SPD and the overcurrent protective device into one small unit, and that gives the panel builder or the installer a little bit more wriggle room with cabling, because another part of the reg says you can't have more than 500 mil. And 500 mil isn't a huge amount, yes. And so the bar is set really high with SPD installation. So you can't have long cables. You can't um, have long interconnection cables between the fusing and the SPD. So it's really quite difficult. So we've got these new products, which gets over these hurdles, basically. And that's what the new Type 2 ACI unit does. Now, uh, as I said, you serve on a number of committees for uh, British wiring regulations and you're kind of, on one hand, you're telling us that the regulations say this and it all seems very limiting. Is it limiting in a good way, do you think? Yes, it is, because we want the best possible performance. We we want people to install SPDs and they have the lowest possible let-through voltage into the installation. Because if you have long cables and you don't do the job properly, there's this huge voltage which is sort of uh, allowed to transmit into the installation and everything's going to go bang everyway. And that's exactly what you don't want to happen. So the point of the regulations is to ensure best practice. And I'll just finish on on regulations. Are there other regulations uh, that are coming into the UK that we should be aware of that uh, may transpose to Ireland? Yes, I mean, the the work on the regulation uh, standards committees is is ongoing. So just as we've had BS7671 come out the year before last, we're currently working on the next amendment. Um, The IS10101, that is um, also going through things. And we've had joint meetings between the two uh, countries um, overseeing each other's sort of committee meetings just to see how things are. 
because, you know, we do come from the same page. We both have 13 amp sockets. We do a lot of things in common, more in common than we do with our former European <laughs> neighbours on the, on the mainland there. So, you know, the, the uh, amount of information that's going between the countries is, is a very good high level now. And as I, I encourage that, absolutely. And does it work in practice then that kind of like the, uh, the UK and Ireland tend to keep the same regulation? So at least you have a standard across the two islands. Uh, yes, it, it helps enormously. Um, the other standard which um, helps a lot is um, uh, 62305, which we have as the BSEN, you have as the EN. And that's the lightning protection standard. And there are a couple of subtle differences, primarily the levels of lightning protection, because, you know, you're not the lightning capital of the universe over there. You know, your, your lightning levels are mercifully very, very low. <laughs> very low. It, it rains a lot, I, I, I grant you that. But in terms of lightning, it, it, it's not as high as we have, and we're not as high as continental Europe. But it's the consequences of not doing this. You know, even the homes have got like LED lighting, smart thermostats, they've got um, whole house sort of music systems, alarm panels. You know, if we had this uh, conversation 10 years ago, it would have been, oh, yeah, well, nothing's going to go bang, is it? It's a completely different story now. You know, the, the equipment you have in your studio, you'd be pretty mortified if that went off air. Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, I didn't want to sort of give you a level of anxiety there, but, no, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you know, and we're all connected on the internet. You know, we're, we're doing this um, meeting online and we need these SPDs in the background to ensure that we don't sort of have any downtime. That, that's, that's what it's really all about. One last question for you then uh, about the cooperation between the UK and Ireland. Um, which way does the traffic tend to go most? Uh, is it? I mean, do Ireland kind of get to come up with some ideas that are adopted by the UK or is it all the other way around because the UK is so much bigger? Oh, no, I, I think there is some two-way dialogue. I mean, over in your neck of the woods, you have, say, more overhead lines and you have different ways of doing things. We can work from that. I don't think we've got everything nailed down and perfect by any stretch of the imagination, really. So, yeah, well, nobody's it, perfect. Well, exactly. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's always good to have a fresh pair of eyes to look at things. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, listen, I love hearing about all that. And uh, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of that with us today. Uh, Robin Earl from Dent UK, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Dusty. Thank you very much. And that wraps it up for our podcast for today. If you would like to find out more about our guests, just follow the links in the show notes. You'll find them in the description of this podcast on your phone or whichever device you're listening to us on. Uh, They'll include links, contact details and anything else that you might need to get more information. Our podcast today was produced by dustpod.ie for Domain Electrical. You can find out all about the country's leading independent Irish-owned supplier, importer and distributor of industrial and electrical components at their website, domain.ie. Do join us next time when we discover another well-known industry leader who's worked their way up from the shop floor to managing director. To get that automatically, just click the subscribe button on your player right now. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you so much for listening to us on the Switched On podcast with Domain Electrical. Thank you.